You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to this week's edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're going to go now to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. It's speaking about Satan. It says, Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know, one of the things that the enemy does is work to isolate believers during the time that they are being tempted. He wants you to feel like you're the only one that has ever been through what it is that you're facing, and he can make you feel that way. You can think, man, I must have done something really bad, or I'm a unique case, or no one can relate to me. I can't get help from anyone else. I don't know that anyone understands me. All these thoughts come to mind when you are being tempted by the enemy. And the apostle Peter stressed that the simple knowledge that others are tempted in the same ways that we are can be of great benefit to you. You start realizing what I'm going through is not unusual. It's not strange. Now, let me say this. We are not all being tempted at the same time. And there are times when someone else is going through a very rough period that you may be experiencing great victory. And then likewise, they may be experiencing great victory and you're going through a rough period. We're not all on the same schedule. And so it's easy to become discouraged when you're being tempted and you look around and all the others around you seem to be oblivious to what it is that you're facing and they're in total victory at the moment. And when you're in total victory, it's kind of hard sometimes to relate to people that are really fighting a battle. And so what the enemy likes to do is discourage. He wants to make you think you're the only one ever to go through this. Anything that comes from the devil is fiery. It is an attack that is uh, no holds barred. Uh, It's a flaming arrow. It is designed not only to create a wound at the first blow, but also to burn and to linger and to continue to destroy. Uh, I've, I've noticed this. Uh, crazy thing happened to me when I first became a believer in Jesus. I was at church. It was at my grandma's Pentecostal church. And sometimes people who are good people intend to do good things. They want to do good things. They really do want to help, but they don't quite know how to do it. And I know in that first few weeks that I was following Christ, I mean the devil was giving me fits. I was coming under attack, uh, being persecuted, being told I was a religious fanatic, that I needed to quit doing what I was doing. My father even told me I couldn't go to church anymore. I mean, everything in the world was going on. Satan was really messing with my mind, trying to confuse me. I didn't know how to renew my mind. My church was wonderful in some ways, but not so good in others because they didn't do much teaching. They didn't teach you how to think right or how to resist the devil. Church was primarily an experience that you engaged in when you went. You felt something when you were there. You got recharged. And so there wasn't a lot of teaching on personal victory on the Monday through Friday part of your walk with God. And so I know that there was a lady in the church who picked up on this. She could sense that I was under oppression. So I was standing at the front of the church one night worshiping God. After the service is over, we're 
praying God, uh, praising God. And it's just a time of worship. She comes up from behind, grabs me, puts her hands on the back of my head, and begins to rebuke Satan and tells the devil to leave me alone and all that. And I know she meant well. But scared daylights out of me. Uh, scripture does say, lay hands on no man suddenly, that it's not something you walk up and do without uh, first agreeing that, that you're going to do this, that someone is going to receive your prayer. Uh, she just suddenly did this. And while she is casting out these demons in me that supposedly she sees and so forth, and, and I didn't have demons, but I was being attacked by the devil through the power of suggestion, uh, it concerned me. It confused me. I went home, and I wondered what kind of demon I had. There was no one for me to talk to. I didn't have an adult in my life at home to ask any questions of. So this made it easy for Satan to work on me for days. There was a dark cloud over me for a number of days. That's the idea of a fiery dart. The dart hits but then it lingers and continues to burn. She opened up something in my thinking for me to be oppressed for a number of days. And the devil does that. Uh, his trials are fiery. And this is something that uh, Peter warns us about. First Peter 4.12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now, on four or five occasions in my walk with God over 50-plus years, people have given me false words, and it's been a long time since anything like that happened, and, and I certainly wouldn't have the experience today that I had then uh, because I know so much more and would have been able to resist it. But there were times that people gave me words that were not from God, that were motivated by the enemy. These people may have meant well. I won't judge their intentions, but they were wrong. And they gave false words, and there was a dark cloud that came over me for days afterward until I finally realized this isn't from God. But I suffered for it for a number of days because of these phony words. So uh, what I want you to see is that Satan wants to cloud you with an attack. He wants to come at you with something, and he wants this to linger in your mind. And so Peter warns us, and he says, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, when it seems like all hell is breaking loose and you're getting hit from every side, as though some strange thing happened to you. Um, if you deem your trial as something exotic, something unusual, something that doesn't come on the average person, you're more apt to think that your cases are special and therefore it makes it very difficult for you to listen to someone else and to receive from someone else who may be able to help you with some word because you're thinking, yeah, that may work for you, but what I'm facing is different. And the devil likes to make us think that, that the trial that we're facing is really much more severe than what other people go through. Uh, he then wants you to belabor the reason that you have come under attack. In other words, what did you do to cause this? Um, when my oldest daughter was nine, we were playing basketball. Me and some guys, about six of us, playing basketball in our warehouse. We had a little goal set up where we could play uh, three on three in a very small space. And uh, anyway, we loved to do that. 
And uh, my daughter was there playing with some of her friends, and they were crawling on boxes, and the box that she was crawling on collapsed because it wasn't full, and she fell uh, to the floor, and uh, she cracked her skull. I didn't realize it at the time, but she developed a big blood clot. So a couple of days later, we're in the hospital. Actually, the very next day, we're in the hospital, and uh, we're going through this, and the prevailing thought besides the fact your daughter's going to die is what the devil told me. The next thought was, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And Satan wanted to belabor that point with me. Why did this happen? What allowed this to happen? What did you do that opened the door to this? And fortunately, I knew enough about following God, and I knew how serious the situation was. I knew enough to know, don't go there. Don't ask that question. That is not important, especially at this time. It is important that we receive victory over this. And so I focused instead on my daughter's recovery and on God working in that situation to completely uh, return her to normal. And and I said, according to Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, If you say on this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. So I said, my daughter will live and not die. I said, the doctors will evacuate the blood clot, remove it completely. My daughter will not have any complications. She will completely recover. There will be no uh, residual effect from her falling and receiving this large mass of blood on her brain, uh, it, which could easily have killed her. I found out later. But, but anyway, I uh, refused to go where Satan wanted to leave me because you won't win the victory if you spend all your time thinking about why did this happen? He wants you to belabor that. If Satan can somehow convince you to become responsible for your suffering, you're much more likely to accept it. In other words, uh, if he can convince you that something you did or didn't do is what caused you to have this experience, it is amazing how that uh, it, it opens a door for you to continue in this and not come out from under it. And uh, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there at all. I wouldn't spend any time wondering about that. It, you know, it may be that you opened the door to something and maybe some of the trial that you're uh, experiencing is self-inflicted. That's entirely possible. You do see that occasionally in Scripture. But the point that I want to make is during the time that you are fighting and coming out from under this, it is not the time to try to figure out everything. The, the, the thing that is most important is let's get the victory. If your house is on fire, uh, it's not a time to ask who started the fire. Where did this start? Uh, can we find any traces of arson? Is there an accelerant anywhere around? This is not the time for it. The time is later for that. What you want to do is spend time putting out the fire and getting all of your loved ones out. That That's where you want to go. You want to find immediate victory. You want to prioritize your thinking during a time of trial. And so trying to wonder why this happened uh, is not beneficial. Sometimes people think of karma. And uh, in other words, things that are bad happen to people because they are bad. So I want to show you that's erroneous thinking, and it's especially true if you're a believer. So let's look at Acts chapter 28. 
This is talking about the Apostle Paul. He's come out of the water. He has escaped a shipwreck. So let's look at this. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. This is where they landed. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now, this is a fascinating story because it demonstrates beautifully what I just taught you. And that is that you don't spend time asking questions, why did this happen? This was an attack of the enemy to keep Paul from getting to Rome to fulfill what Jesus had told him to do is to go and bear witness to Rome. And it was important. If the gospel was to go to all the world, it needed to go to the leader of the world. And the only man who was capable of doing that with great confidence and with great reason was the apostle Paul. And so that's why Paul experienced what he did and came to appeal before Caesar Nero. And he, uh, he uh, preached the gospel amazingly well there. And there were a number of people in Caesar's household who believed as a result of what Paul did. So this was an attack then enemy to keep him from doing what he did. The point I want to make is karma isn't always uh, true. Sometimes people do reap what they sow, but they don't always do it immediately. And just because something bad happens to you doesn't mean it, it is God letting the devil come against you because you opened up a door. Don't fall into that kind of thinking. The, the answer, get out of the mess. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Later on, if you need to make some kind of an adjustment, you can do that. That's all the time I have for this one. We'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.